This is Looking for Christ, a podcast that seeks to deepen faith as we look for Christ in all of Scripture. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friend and pastor, Oren. And today we are continuing in Oren's sermon series in, in the book of John, the Gospel of John. And we're picking up in chapter 1, verses 19 through 28. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing, if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. All right. So we are in John's gospel talking about a man named John, who was not the John who wrote the gospel. (laughs) (laughs) This John in chapter one is about John the Baptist or John the baptizer. Proof that Baptists are right. Baptists were the first ones, man. That's right. (laughs) No other denomination existed. We were the first. Well, the land, landmarkers, yeah, land, yeah, landmark Baptist the John the Baptist ones. was the first of us. <laughs> he was known for his potlucks too, and so, <laughs> so, so John, uh, this is a, um, a a an account. John the Gospel writer is recording about John the Baptist, who um, is is considered the last prophet um, who um, speaks of the coming Christ, and all the prophets, all the way back into the Old Testament, um, even back to um, to the Torah, someone like Moses, for instance, were speaking, always speaking about the coming Messiah. Some more specifically than others, but it's it's all throughout the Old Testament. John's sort of the last of that line, if you will, who is is declaring the coming Christ. And so <clears throat> John was designated for this responsibility. And we, we're gonna get into a little bit in the sermon on this, but when when his mother Elizabeth gave birth to him, or when she was when when she was pregnant with him, she wasn't supposed to be able to have children. She was beyond childbearing age, but God blessed her with a a child, her and her husband Zechariah, and God told him, "This is what your son's going to do. This is who he's going to be. He's going to be a witness to the Messiah, mm. or of the Messiah." And that's exactly what John came to do. And so in this encounter here, um, John has begun his ministry. He preaches. He calls people to repentance. He calls them to baptism. And he's approached by a group of people who want to know, who, who are you? And then now, now they say here that they were sent. And we see later in verse 24 that the Pharisees sent a group of, of Jewish scribes, teachers, to ask John, who, who are you really? And I'm not sure if there was any kind of nefarious intent there. It's not clear in the text, but probably because the Pharisees were a nefarious group of people. But um, <laughs> maybe they were just curious. I, I don't know. But they asked John directly, who are you? And he says, and it's really interesting here, he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. So he already knew what they wanted to know. Do you think you're the Messiah? 
Because it's likely that John probably wasn't the kind of Messiah they were looking for, just, mm. to, just like Jesus. But John starts with that, and then they ask him, well, are you Elijah? No. Are you, are you the, the prophet? Which they, they believe a prophet was coming to prepare the way of the Messiah. He says, no. Kind of that... That I think of that like that football coach <laughs> at the after the press conference after the game, yeah. he gives like one word answers. One word answers. Like, how'd, yeah. how'd your team play today? Pretty good. <laughs> what do you think about so and so's performance? Not 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 so great. You know, yeah. like that was it. He's giving them these really short answers, uh-huh. and they're like, "Well, who are you? Who are you really?" And John John tells him, "I've I've I've come as a voice crying in the wilderness to make straight the paths." And what he's talking about there is. Leveling Jesus is coming to level the ground to salvation. Mm. That there are no, and he's, he's quoting Isaiah 40. We can read that text if you want. Isaiah 40, um, which is the sort of this prophecy about the coming Messiah who is going to make level the ground to, to know the Lord. You don't have to climb a mountain or cross through a valley. That the ground at the cross, as we said before. Is level for all people. Everybody comes to God the same way. John is coming to kind of level the path so that everybody in that culture and everybody today can come to Jesus by faith through repentance of sin. And so that's what John's ministry was all about. No, he wasn't Elijah. He wasn't the prophet. He was a prophet, certainly. He wouldn't have considered himself that. But he was the one that came to make the way for people to understand this person is the Messiah. And the next text we'll look at next week directly declares that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. Mm. Yeah, I like how you brought out that his answers initially were short, mm-hmm. um, very uh, very quick and, and to the point. And then when they ask him to talk about himself, he quotes a portion of Scripture, a fairly uh, well-known portion of Scripture, um, Isaiah 40, verse 3, I believe. Yeah, we will read it. I was reading a, um, a Spurgeon sermon on, on this passage mm-hmm. and in the late, so Spurgeon was around in the 19th century. Yeah. And I think this sermon was given around the 1870s Okay, on like a Thursday night. It said, oh, yeah. you know how it's a very detailed, how he would give his oh, sermons, yeah. Oh, yeah. um, a Thursday night of all nights. Mm. But anyway, he, he brought out that, um, one of the things he brought about this text was the fact that when John the Baptist spoke, it wasn't even his own words. Yeah. It wasn't, he wasn't uh, original. Right. He wasn't concerned about being original. And then Spurgeon, and only a way Spurgeon can do, goes on this long tirade of even in the 1870s of this desire and longing for people wanting to be original, yeah. wanting to have the mm-hmm. new. How prophetic that was. Right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Which is definitely something we see in our, our day and age. But to um, read the quote from Isaiah chapter 40. So I'm going to read a little bit around it, and it's an interesting spot in Isaiah that's quoted because right before there was judgment um, for Israel's sin and the coming judgment of of Babylon, Uh, but here the text that's quoted is one that's quoted um, talking about God's grace that's coming. The promise, yeah. The promise, that's right. And here we see contained the gospel. Mm -hmm. So Isaiah 40 verse 1, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sin. And this is the uh, portion that's quoted in John. And I think you said all the gospels quote this particular verse. 
Yes, they do. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And so you have this portion above what's quoted talking about comfort, Mm -hmm. comforting, uh, and speaking tenderly, and then this part where iniquity is pardoned—that's yeah. a significant, yeah, for sure, uh, concept. Yeah. And then what you were bringing out earlier is valleys being lifted up, mountains being made low, uneven ground being made level. So whether you're a king, whether you're someone in authority, whether you have all this influence, mm-hmm. or whether you're a pauper, whether you're poor, you have no influence, you have no authority. The ground at the cross is level. Mm -hmm. All people come to God uh, through the same way. And that's the way that John is saying, I am this voice telling you who's coming, Mm -hmm. um, and it's Jesus. Um, Jesus pardons sin. He comforts his people. He speaks tenderly to us, Mm -hmm. and he makes the ground level, which is so cool of a a quote. It's so so beautiful. If you look at John and Jesus, Jesus, in, in many ways, worked within the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John came to burn it down. <laughs> like he, he was, he was probably, we all believe he was an Essene. He was a separatist. Mm. He lived out in the wilderness. He probably wasn't the only one like him, but he was the one that God designated for this particular task. Um, and they, they would baptize often in the wilderness. People would come out to see them because they, they gave people hope in that system of the, that, that Jewish religion, people had to uh, earn their righteousness Right. And the Pharisees kind of held the power in that culture, um, sort of declaring to people if they were righteous or not. It was a very broken system. Jesus came to dismantle it. In that day and age, you and, say, like, and, and, yeah, and, how God had ordained it. You had the sacrifices and yes, all that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But like what I said, it had become. But when they would when they would come to the temple, for, for instance, when Jesus turned over the table, the people were coming to make sacrifices, but they couldn't afford to buy the birds mm, to make yeah. sacrifices. So they were being charged, money changers, yeah. charged four times, like you do at amusement parks or ball games. You yeah. pay six bucks for a Coke, right? And, <laughs> like they were being exploited. And Jesus, it made him angry mm. because they were, they were coming to to honestly worship God. Mm-hmm. So Jesus came to dismantle that way of thinking, but John was more violent. He wanted to burn the whole thing down. He <laughs> calls them broods of vipers, whitewashed tombs. I mean, he was going after them hard, right? Mm-hmm. And and so and so John was out there in the wilderness and people were flooding to him. Well, these Pharisees noticed and they're like, well, who is this guy? Let's go send some, let's send a group of emissaries to this John and find out who he is. And like you said earlier, John immediately quotes scripture. Mm-hmm. I'm not Elijah. I'm not the prophet. Let me tell you who I am. I'm the fulfillment of John, of of Isaiah 40. I'm the voice mm. calling in the wilderness. In fact, that quote was told to Zechariah, his father, uh, when, uh, when Elizabeth found out she was pregnant. The angel told Zechariah, "You are going to have a son, and he's going to be that 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 prophet, that person." Mm. And so John is fulfilling this this Old Testament prophecy of being the one who speaks of the coming Christ. But the point in all of this on Sunday is, what is a testimony for any of us? Because mm. this is not just about history about John the Baptist. This has to matter to us. And what we learn in this text is John is pointing people to Jesus. Mm. And really more so in the next section in John's gospel, which again, we'll, we'll get to next week. It's always about pointing to Jesus. A testimony, a Christian testimony, is about your personal account 
of, of encountering Jesus, of meeting, trusting, and following Jesus. And so a Christian's testimony is always pointing away from self to Christ because Christ is the only way by which any person can be saved. Mm. We're not drawing people to ourselves. We're lifting up the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, mm. and he draws men to himself. And like you said earlier from that text in Isaiah, no one has a harder time or easier time getting to the getting getting to Christ, getting, getting to the gospel. The ground is the same for all of us. Yeah. Now you may create own obstacles in your own life, but the ground to to the cross is the same for all. Repent, believe, right? That that that's it. Mm-hmm. It's a simple message. And so as a Christian, those who do follow Jesus, you have a testimony of your encounter with Christ, just like John had one with Christ. So what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. What is your step? What is your story? What is your testimony? What's, what's, what's interesting is how John refers to himself as one who was not worthy to even untie the sandal. Of <laughs> That's the, the next thing I was going to bring up. Yeah. I mean, what do you have to do to untie a sandal? You got to, <laughs> you got to get on your knees. Mm. And John says, even if I'm on my knees bowing before him, I'm still unworthy to even put my hands on his feet. Yeah. Spurgeon, he, he talks about how, like how as Christians, sometimes we get in this, mode of thinking something is uh, beneath us. Yeah. There, you know, I, I, I can do all these things, but I'm not going to do that thing. I'm yeah. not going to go, I'm not going to do that act of service or whatever. I, it's just, I, I can't do that right now. And, and John here is talking about, um, I'm not even worthy to untie Jesus's like yeah. sandal. Yeah. Um, and, and how you have these great men of our faith that are heroes mm-hmm. that have this real, palpable sense of humility. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think of Paul talking about being the least of these when he's one of the most prolific writers of the New Testament Mm -hmm. Um, and real, you know, real passionate guy in his writings. Mm -hmm. But even he sees himself as so low. Yeah. Um, And So so let's, so let's jump then. Let's, let's take John's um, words here. I'm unworthy to untie his sandals to stoop that low mm-hmm. what does jesus do with the last supper oh man yeah man he washes their so feet. he's the yeah. one who is worthy of all the praise yeah. that we can't even untie his sandal and when those disciples walk through that door that night for passover what yeah. does jesus do he washes their feet washes their feet yeah. that's the kind of messiah he is right mm-hmm. and so that is the contrast and john john has his weak moments like later when he's in prison he yeah. sends his own group to, to ask jesus are you really who you yeah, said you yeah. are Cause I'm stuck in jail, and I thought you were coming to break people out of jail. Right. I'm one of your. I'm one of your people, man. Like I'm one of your me. boys. And John ends up ends up with his head being cut off. Yeah. And Jesus says of John, "There's not been a greater man born of a woman than John." Mm-hmm. So Jesus says, "The greatest man born of a woman on earth is John the Baptist," mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about. Right. And John says of himself, "I'm unworthy to untie the Messiah's sandals." And so our approach to this is, we are unworthy to come to Jesus in our own sin and our own righteousness. We are not worthy to, to receive from him what he gives, Yeah. but he gives it because he is a worthy savior yeah. who looks upon sinners with grace, mercy, and kindness. Well, and he's right there in the dirt and the mire yes, with us, exactly. being unstained from it, exactly. but all the while washing our feet. Yeah. If, that- you, if you look at what he's worthy of, he's worthy of all praise. He's worthy to be exalted on the throne. But in his, in his service, he stoops low to wash the feet of his, his disciples. And so this is the kind of Savior that, that John is speaking about. And that's the Savior that we speak about. Mm. So whenever we do have an opportunity to share our testimony with people, it's about 
making sure they understand the ground is level. Same for me, same for you. You come yeah. to Jesus with all of your stuff, all of your baggage, all of your pain, all of your hurt, all of your stubbornness, all of your sin. We all come with the same in in the same way and lay it before Christ at the cross. And that is hope for all people. Yeah. Right? There's no hoops you have to jump through. Repent and believe. That's the message. And so we have this freedom as Christians to share that gospel with other people from our own experience. And that could be a powerful um, time for someone who maybe doesn't believe but needs to or wants to. They're just not sure how they get to Jesus. Well, it's right here. Mm. The, the ground's been level. Just come with as you are, who you are. You're not worthy, but he but he will receive you because he is a worthy Savior. Yeah. I think that's that's the point of this is that our testimony can be a powerful um, tool to use to reach others, but we have to be pointing people to Jesus and not to ourselves. Right. Amen. Yeah. And until next time. Lord, help us to turn our eyes to you.